Yo, 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 it's your girl and boy CT. I'm Cindy Barnes. And I'm Travis Barnes. And we are the founders of the Overcomers Podcast. Sponsored by Journey 333. That is a place of mind, body, spirit that helps you with fitness, coaching, and nutrition to look better, live better, and feel better. We produce these episodes every week for your enjoyment to help people to overcome adversity and live their dreams. Hello, Overcomer Nation. That's right, I'm talking to you because if you're listening in, then you are an overcomer. The Overcomers Podcast is sponsored by Journey 333. That's a place of fitness, coaching, and nutrition, mind, body, spirit, where we help you to look better, live better, and feel better. Today, I got somebody who's helping people to do just that, and he's coming at you all the way from Australia, David Lindsay. Yeah, so David is a black belt. Uh, So he comes to us as a black belt. He had a career as a professional rugby player. Most importantly, as a personal trainer and life coach, he is helping people to apply what he learned in the world as a professional athlete into their business and into their lives, helping them to increase productivity, increase performance. And I believe that by having him as a guest on the show, he's going to do just that for you today. So David, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Travis. I really appreciate the fact that you're giving me this opportunity to talk to your guys because I, I believe wholeheartedly in what you guys are doing. It's about overcoming adversities because we've all been through it, whether you think it or not. No one has the perfect life. We all have these little obstacles that can either stop you or can propel you forward. So Ed, like you mentioned in the intro, I, I used to be an athlete. I put everything into it everything into rugby league and at the ripe old age of 22 I had to retire due to a couple of knee reconstructions Mm. so you you can imagine that putting everything into it your blood sweat tears years of your life and it all of a sudden coming to an end that's an instant black mark against perceived black mark and that's what all comes down to it all comes down to your perception but, yeah, you know, then, that, that was was that one of the first major adversities that you had in your life, you know, having to have something that was your dream that you were so passionate about that you were essentially living your dream. And then somebody says to you, uh, hey, you don't get to live that dream anymore. Uh, I mean, was that yeah. one of the first major uh, major adversities that you had to kind of overcome with uh, changing your mindset about life and, and looking at it from yeah. a different angle? Yeah, 100 percent. That was the first, like, you have many junctions in your life where if you go one way or you go the other, it's your life turns out drastically different. And one of mine was deciding to go to what, what rugby league team. I ended up going to South Sydney Rabbitohs, even though I'm a Cronulla junior. And I know that doesn't mean much for you guys over there, but it's just going to different districts um, to play there. And that's where the first fork in my life went. And then you're playing for South Sydney and meeting some great guys, some guys that went on to play for New South Wales in the state of origin, um, played, played with guys that played for Australia as well. Um, but yeah, for that to be pulled from underneath you, you're left in this void of what do I do now? I'll put everything into it. And one of, my, one of the people that I know that I used to play football with, he went severely one way. He, he got depressed. Um, and went down that road, was still being 22. You know, you're still a young kid at that point. And I was lucky enough to, a guy um, picked me up to do arm wrestling. So actually trained to do um, some professional arm wrestling as well. 
Wow, that's cool. Uh, you know, I think of Sylvester Stallone and over the top with that one. I mean, that was like one of my favorite movies when I was a kid. I'm sure I probably got some young folks listening to that saying Sylvester Stallone did what? You know, but uh, <laughs> yeah. honestly, yeah, and it's funny. I've never actually seen that, but when I talk about that, people go, "Oh, what about over the top? What about this?" But what what that did as well was that gave me something to strive for because my knee, like back now, it's perfectly normal. But in that instant, that six months, 12 months, you know, where it's a little bit dodgy, when I gave up rugby league, I was still a big guy. And so I got into arm wrestling and I was doing really well at arm wrestling until I was on my way. I was actually on my way to America to go in some professional tournaments over there. But mucking around with a mate in a bar in Corfu, I snapped my arm. I snapped my humerus. Oh, wow. Snap yeah it just went it was a loud noise yeah jeez yeah, i mean the snap i mean that's a big bone that you snapped that's uh yeah. that must have been was, intense oh it was crazy it was using completely wrong technique like i turned my body instead of getting behind and doing it like i got the guy all the way down but he he had his wrist locked open um so if it was on a table i would have would have beaten him anyway because you have the little post you have to get to. But I turned my body and it just went boom. Wow. And it was a loud noise. So time number two, though, think about that. You know, so you're living your dream as a rugby professional rugby player. You know, you get to do what you love and then you have, you know, your knee reconstruction. And, you know, that's just not an option anymore. So now you funnel your passion into arm wrestling. You're getting ready to come to America to compete. Yeah. And then this happens. So where did that leave you? I mean, you know, how, how were you feeling at that moment in time? Yeah, that, that was probably lower than when I had to give up rugby league because when I came back to Australia, I was lucky enough for my doctor to organize me to get surgery straight away. And then what happened when they put the plate in my arm, they hit a nerve and my arm completely dropped. So I had no use of my arm at all. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, so... No, no longer yeah. functional. I mean, yeah. oh, wow. So, so you lose totally use. Of, how did you ever get it back? And well, that, that, that's a little journey in itself as well, where like I always heartbroken. I went and got a nerve conduction study. And with that, they put needles in your arm to see how the nerves are firing and make sure that they're firing. And the result came back that the nerves are shrivel, shriveling up. Mm. And like I, as an athlete, and by that stage as well, I was a coach and trainer as well. You sort of go, okay, that's not just my sporting life, but my career as well as a, as a gym um, supervisor, manager and trainer. Mm -hmm. And that I went into a real dark place with that one. That was worse than the knee. But then eventually over time, I did everything I could. I did homeopathy. I did all of these weird sort of, you know, way from left field, way from right field sort of stuff. I was willing to do anything to get it back. Mm -hmm. And then eventually after four months, I got a little bit of movement and I was so excited by that. I called up at the time, my girlfriend, I called up my parents, I called up all, all these people. And it's funny, um, who was my girlfriend over in Corfu where I ruined our round the world trip is now my wife. So Wow. In that side of things, it was a happy ending, and we have a great, a lovely little daughter as well. So, 
That's re- that's really amazing, you know, because I just want to ask you something about that story is that, you know, I've been I've been contemplating this a lot lately. We, we have a family member who's gone through some nerve damage and, uh, you know, nerve nerve damage is, uh, well, you don't know if you'll ever get it back. Right. You know, mm-hmm. so you, you might stop being able to use a certain limb or rather be that you're not walking right or in your case, the arm. And there's just different perspectives. You said I was trying anything and everything. And, and after four months, I got a little bit of movement. And I was so excited. I had to call everybody, you know. Right. So, yeah. I mean, what do you think it is about your mindset? I mean, can you tell us a little bit about how your mindset might be different from someone who just accepts? Like, I guess I'll never be able to use that again. You know, like, you know, what what was it that you were telling yourself or, or really empowering yourself with to to still have hope that one day, you know, maybe you'd get a little bit of movement and want to call everybody about it. Right. I mean, yeah. What, what yeah. was going on there? I, I think what it is, is like I'm, a, I'm stubborn. I'm not going to let like and it was the same when I was playing rugby league, when I was fighting arm wrestling. I'm not going to let people get over top of me i'm not going to let what is a little injury well a perception a little injury yeah get over top of me i'm going to do absolutely everything i can it doesn't matter if it takes one week one month one year i know that there's going to be an end to it and i know that you know there's going to be something positive to come from it because every incident in my life has you know, Steve Jobs says it great, that you can't see the, the, the dots looking forward, but you can see them looking backward. Yeah, so yeah, very good. Yeah, so, so do- every little thing, like, that was 15 years or so ago now when I broke my arm, or even a little bit longer. But looking back, I can see how that sent me in another, another direction. Like I said, choosing South over Cronulla sent me in that direction. Having my knee reconstruction sent me in that direction. Breaking my arm sent me in another direction. So it's do you, do you look at life that way, David? Do you, do you look at it that way? Do you like say, how is life happening for me instead of to me? Like, do you, are you the type of person that says on the other side of this is going to be something great, a, another direction that I, I'm meant to go? I, do you, do you feel that? I mean, is that part it, of who you are? It, it is. It very much is, but it's not always that way. Everyone gets those negative things going in their head and it's, it's a human human nature for us to think of the worst. Like you might, you you probably have it before where in your mind you're building up all of this, this negative situation when really the end result is just a person goes, fine. Like we all do it. We all look at these negative side of things and not just the negative reality, we blow it up way out of proportion. Mm-hmm. So it's about being able to catch yourself when you're thinking about that and go, what's there's positive to everything i believe absolutely everything that happens there's positive to it and it can be the worst thing because i like i had a conversation with a guy and they go well what about when someone dies mm-hmm. and i go well from your perspective if you die well then it, it, like really that that's it we don't want that but then you look if that person there died did they have were they in pain Mm-hmm. What, what was the end result that got them to there and it, it, it's a thing where you just have to look whenever there's a cloud there's always that silver silver lining that's right what are you concentrating on are you concentrating mm-hmm. on the cloud or are you looking for that silver lining and lightning can be that silver light lining 
Very was good. Gonna you... Say, you know, we need lightning for our bush to regenerate. We need bushfires to open the seeds, open the pods of all of our native um, plants to have that regeneration. Yeah. You know, a favorite saying of mine, a favorite quote is that you find what you look for. And mm. so which, what are you looking for? Are you looking for the silver lining or, or are you looking for, you know, the cloud yeah. itself or whatever? Uh, really good. Really good. Let me ask you, you know, you're you're such an athlete. You, you got the rugby and you got the arm wrestling and uh, just different things. Um, where did the uh, Wing Chun uh, black belt come in? Was that something that you already had prior to your uh, career as a rugby player or, or did that come no, later on? Okay. No, 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 that was even after the arm wrestling. Oh. Like, okay. So I broke my arm and then I, I got the movement back and I was still around, what, yeah, 23 at that point, 23, 24. And like, you know, I was, I'm still competitive to this very day. And where I did my um, training certificate, there was a Wing Chun school directly across the road. And I was talking about it, talking about it, talking about it, because, you know, with training, you do a lot of it in the morning and a lot of it in the afternoon. So in the middle of the day, I had that part free. So I, I decided to take that step up and visit that school to see, like, it's just something about it sparked my interest. And I went up and I did a couple of trial classes and I loved it. I got, and then I was going there for like two hours a day three hours a day and then like I was building momentum because that's what everything's about is you have momentum going one way or going the other if you don't mind I'd really like to highlight what you just said uh you know some of the people that are listening they're trainers like yourself uh some are fitness enthusiasts uh you know some might not even really have fitness on their mind but what and David was just describing was he said so training, you know, personal training, here's how it works. Um, our clients typically need us before work or after work, right? And so then we have this time in the middle of the day, but that's a unique perspective. It, let me ask you right now to all of our listeners, if you were working a split shift where you had to, you know, wake up and go to work in the morning, and then you were going to come back in the late afternoon, evening in order to train some more people, because this is your split shift, would you look for the opportunity of what can I do in the middle of the day to better myself, right? I mean, because that is, uh, that's an important thing too, to see opportunities, right? You said, well, you know, in the middle of the day, I'm, I'm working in the morning and I'm working in the evening. What can I do in the middle of the day to better myself? So seeing yeah. the opportunities really, I mean, that's really great. And so then you really just got into it and you were investing more and more time in the middle of your day. Uh, and did you end up competing in that realm? Yeah, so I... I went and spoke to one of my coaches and go, man, I'm like, my competitive juices are going, I, I love coming and doing the classes, but I want that bit more. I, like, cause I was sparring every day. I was um, doing the classes. I was rolling, doing jujitsu and wrestling. And I went, I want to really test my skills out. I want to see how I go against a different form, a different school. So I went, all right, leave it with me. And so I competed in some jujitsu tournaments and he goes, what we're going to do, we're going to set a plan. And that's the same as with, with things in life. You know, you don't just go haphazard about things. You need to have that end goal to know that you're pointing in the right direction. Because mm -hmm. a lot of people, they don't have that. And they wonder why they're not getting anywhere. Because one day they're going this way. One day they're going that way. 
and they're just spinning their wheels, um, really. So we set up a plan and I got into MMA, into cage fighting. And, and yeah, I just love that competitive side of things. And what a, what a great goal. journey. I mean, you, you didn't even have the use of your arm at one point, And then you go all the way into MMA and cage fighting. I mean, you know, that, there's hope for anybody that's struggling with, you know, maybe they've lost the use of something or, or maybe they feel like they want to give up just because of their current condition. But you turned it all the way around from not being able to use your arm to black belts and cage fighting and MMA. I mean, that, that's awesome. That's really good. You know, I just like to I like to stop and make sure we don't gloss over that because that's a pretty awesome accomplishment. You know, thank you. Yeah, and it's, any anything worthwhile is worthwhile. Well, Les Brown says it bad is worthwhile doing bad until you get good at it. It's like so many people they give up after one week or they give up after one month or six months. When you know the journey to be a black belt, if it was six months, it wouldn't have that sort of weight. And that's what I do in, like I think I mentioned earlier, a course that I'm doing where well, that I'll put together with a couple of guys. So that that's I'll talk about that later on as well. But it's knowing roughly how long it's going to take to get to that end goal. Yeah, and yeah, we talked. Yep. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead, oh, finish your yeah. Yeah. go ahead. Oh, yeah. So knowing that it's going to be a four, five, six year journey to get to the black belt you know that in six months, you're not going to be halfway along. And that's why I believe a lot of people are doing it wrong. They think that from where they are to that end point is only going to take six months. And so when, instead of being here, they're only that far along, that's where they get disheartened and throw their hands up in the air. Yeah, and yeah. Too many people. Different- too many people, they want that instant gratification. They want it all right now, right? You know? Um, very important. Yeah. We talked a little bit offline about this. Uh, it was the three pillars to high performance, uh, course that, uh, you're going to be putting out. And I know that our audience will be able to, uh, get a special rate on that. So, uh, thank you for being willing to extend that. Uh, I think right along with that course is how I wanted I wanted to ask you about this. So you took everything that you've learned as an athlete, as a professional athlete, you know, competing in high levels, and you've used that uh, to educate people in the corporate space. You've been able to kind of convey some of these principles. Uh, can you share a little bit about that? Like, how does that, how does that work? How, how did you translate that into being able to go and work with corporations and, and make those people more high performers that are in those corporations? Yeah, 100%. And it's, it's so easy. And I'll, I'll run through a few little things. But in order to get to that point as well, where I'm comfortable getting up and speaking to you, getting up and speaking in front of hundreds or even potentially thousands of people. Again, it's a journey that you have to take. And that that started, well, I had a professional boxing fight two years ago, but before that I'd, I'd stopped fighting um, in the cage because I was going, you know, there's a certain longevity of that. What can I do until the day that I'm in a wheelchair until beyond that even? And one of it is being able to speak, being able to give my message to the world. And I went and did this course, which was about six years ago I started it. And from that, it's you hone your speaking skills, you hone your message. And mine was all about fitness, raising productivity, raising morale, and raising 
if you raise those two, you're going to raise profitability in the in the workplace as well. So mm. you have to be able to think of the workplace is like a sports team. You have the owners, the managers, the supervisors, the CEOs. They're the coach and trainer of the team. And the employees, they're the players. Mm-hmm. So what can I bring from the sports world that can help the players and the coaches? And that was my, my five steps towards improved vitality. So if you can raise your energy, you raise the vibe around you um, and create that tight-knit team, people are willing to go more and do more for others than they are for themselves. And it just lifts everyone up. So mm-hmm. the five steps, I'll just run through it quickly. Yeah, please do. Snapping into action. So creating rituals to snap into action. It's like you're, you're about to go for the fight and the referee goes, snap. Mm-hmm. You can't waste that 10, that 15 seconds, not even minutes before you snap into action. So it's giving you routines and rituals that you can implement straight away to snap into action. Then the second step is nap. So we're not designed to work 24, 7, 365. And people are burning out because of their mobile phones, because of this never having any downtime, ever having this time away from work. So knowing how, when, and why to nap effectively. Mm-hmm. And that can even be having a lunch break, leaving the office, going for a walk, getting the blood pumping, yeah. doing the, the Pomodoro technique where you work intensely on one thing for 20, 25, 30 minutes, and then you get up and move. It's working in that cyclic format. So you work, get up and move, work, get up and move. Okay, so snap, nap. Okay, I'm with you now. Okay. Nap, nap, tap, which is tap. It's If something isn't working, you're not going to keep running through that brick wall. You tap in jujitsu or in wrestling. If I'm getting armbarred, and they, they're trying to hyperextend my elbow. I can either have my arm get broken or I can tap and learn from it. Mm-hmm. So it's being able to step back, learn, grow, and evolve. So you don't keep getting caught in that armbar. In business, you don't keep doing that thing that's costing you money. You don't keep going down that avenue. Mm-hmm. You have to tap and evolve. So you learn from it. You grow each time you tap. Okay, snap, nap, tap. Okay, all right. What's next? Clap. Okay. Celebrate. Celebrate yourself. Celebrate the team. Mm-hmm. Because as we were talking about before, people are looking for negative things. They, they want to catch people doing something wrong as opposed to you catch them doing it right. Right. Okay. And- so you got to recognize you got to give recognition for the things you want to see more of. Yes, absolutely. 100%. That, that's it in, in a nutshell. And if you get everyone celebrating, like the teams celebrate, the corporation celebrating, it's going to bring people together. Because as I explained before, like I'm a competitive guy. I don't do things half-assed. But when I was playing football, we had our most successful time. When, when we all came together, we trained hard. We, we played hard, but we played together. Mm-hmm. But because we always celebrate the effort, both in training and on the field and outside of the game together. Like We used to hang out a lot. So it's bringing people together with a celebrate. Okay, so now we're, 
we're snapping, we're napping, we're tapping, we're clapping, and here we go. Number five is recap. This is recap. all about yeah, all about continuous, never-ending improvement in everything you do. Like with with this, I'll watch over this and I'll go, what worked, what didn't work, what can be better next time. In sports, in football, in fighting. Like when I was coaching football as well, I'd take down notes, write down what worked and what didn't. Mm-hmm. Then all of the coaches, we'd come together and we'd watch the video because we all see things slightly differently, mm-hmm. which is why it's good to get different viewpoints, different opinions. So we write down what we feel worked, what we feel didn't, but we're doing it from the grandstand. We're doing it from watching the TV. We need to do it a third time, this time with the players. And the players get a handout of the sheet what we feel worked and what didn't work. And this also opens lines of communications, not top to bottom, but more importantly, bottom to top. Mm-hmm. So we want the players to tell us from the ground level, from ground zero, what worked. Yes, we do want to do that. But more importantly, we want to know what didn't work. Yeah, that's really good. Really good. You know, I like to say that the training sessions or a sales process, if it is in your company, it's not over until you've had a chance to assess, hey, you know, how did that session go? Or, or how did that sale go? You know, what, what could I have done different? And, you know, I think of sales as service, you know, so it's like, you know, how could I have served that person better? Right. You know, uh, very good. Very good. Um, you know, you're talking about, you know, learning from different things and evolving and recapping and, and things such as that. Uh, I was reading as I was reading about you. Uh, about this saying, uh, practice makes permanent. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, or, and, and that's where people have it so wrong because people often say practice makes perfect. Mm. And it doesn't because we, we never want to hit the point of perfect because once you've hit there, where else are you going to go? But practice makes permanent. If you're, because say, let's use a squat as an example. If you constantly, as you come down, your hips are shifting, And if you don't have someone there, which is why you want a coach, you want a training partner that can point that out to you, that can get it from a different perspective, you're going to, your muscle patterns are going to use that exact pattern each and every time. And progressively, it's going to be harder to get it coming down straight. So practice makes permanent, but if you can, you want to get as close to perfect practice as possible. Uh-huh. So perfect practice can make perfect, but practicing the wrong way can make for a permanent uh, dysfunction, if you will, you yes. know? Yes. Yeah. Unbalance. So mm-hmm. whether that's in weight training, whether that's in business, if you're doing the wrong thing right from, from day one, imagine how hard it's going to be to change because by then it's become habit in 18 months, two years. If someone goes, David, Travis, you've been doing this wrong. And you go, but I've been doing it for 18 months. How hard it is to change that around. Yes, yes. Uh, it just gets ingrained. Uh, so, you know, we're, we're talking about working with these corporations. And, you know, you just gave us, you know, uh, a good little talk on five steps right there. Um, you, I, I, when I was reading about you, you said that being a CEO, which I'm particularly interested in because I'm a CEO, uh, so uh, you said being a CEO is, uh, could be like uh, compared to training like an Olympian. Uh, I think that's how, how it was put, uh, you know, why being a CEO can be like training as an Olympian. Um, 
tell me about that if you would or you know tell our audience about it if you would yeah for sure because if you're a ceo you have to be mentally switched on because and it's it's same sort of thing you can still use a pomodoro technique you do have times when you have to be able to switch off but you think about the amount of mental energy that you have to have to run a business how much physical energy you need to run a business a lot of people see see people that are management c-level executives or ceos and go oh they've got all nice and comfy and cushy because mm-hmm. they've made it to the top they don't they're they're expending more energy and more hours than a lot of people combined because they have an invested interest in it as well and i've been lucky enough to train a few olympians as well and you just have to look at the mindset that both an olympian has and a ceo has and they both have to be switched on in their field. Mm-hmm. So if, if you're a CEO of a, of a tech company, you don't have to know about the integral part of a fitness company, unless you're a tech company working with that fitness company. Or if you're a tech company working with a beautician, you don't need to know about the running of that business. You need to know how they can integrate things. It's so like with the Olympians that I worked with, they were um, speed walkers. They don't have to worry about what the shot putters are doing. Mm-hmm. They don't have to worry about what the swimmers are doing. They want to look, you look around and see who's the best in your sport. CEOs, look around. Who's the best in their industry? Mm-hmm. What can you model from them? What can you take and what can you discard from what you're currently doing? So it's all about, and that's where recap comes into it as well. It's not just sticking into that, like nice little bubble mm-hmm. and no, no CEO that I'm aware of is comfortable sitting in that bubble because the world, especially with the internet is traveling so fast. That if you stay like that, you get forgotten about. Yeah. You so know, I've always, I've right always right. believed in mentors and masterminds. And of course I'm a big reader and, you know, I like to listen to different things because you are the average of the five people that you spend the most time with. So if you want to level up your game, you need to look at people that are playing on that higher level. Uh, it seems like, too, you know, you're, you're really indicating, you know, just how important the energy is for a business person to perform at high levels. So with that means, well, what does it mean, David? Is it, is it supplementation? Is it a good exercise routine? Is it a good morning routine? Is, is it everything, you know, like, what do you do when you're working with these guys? You know, what do you do to make them better performers and increase their profits? For me, it's a combination of everything because you can't have a brilliant morning routine and then eat rubbish throughout the day because a lot of people, you know, they have the high fat, high sugar um, lunch. They might have a big donut or a big piece of pizza or just something that's unhealthy and wonder why they get that 2 p.m. or 3 p.m. crash because their blood sugars are all over the place. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm a big believer in... Energy is one of the few things, one of the very rare things. The more you do it, the more you get. Mm-hmm. So it's constantly moving your body. It's, it's getting outside, going for that walk. I think either, I think it's Apple where they're big on doing the walking meetings. So right. you're outside, and it's a good way to get the brain moving as well. And it's also non-confrontational because if you're walking with someone, you're not face-to-face like that. It's more like they're an ally. Uh-huh. Okay. You, you can talk about things that are uncomfortable if you're facing someone when you're going for a walk. 
And a lot of people, they do feel uncomfortable when they're face-to-face -face with people because they see it as that as opposed to, you know, we're on the same team. We're all going that direction. So, yeah, 100%, the way you, you start the morning gives you momentum for the rest of the day. But you can't start the morning with a flurry and then not do anything and then expect to still be going well at 7 o'clock at night, 8 o'clock at night. I, I love, like I, I mentioned before, using nap, where I during my lunch break, I put my headphones on and I put a guided meditation on and I completely zen out. Mm -hmm. And it gives you your, your brain time to calm down. So that's a big part of it. It's not constantly going like that hamster on a wheel. Right. It's you work hard, then you re relax. Work hard, relax. You work in that cyclic format. You also have to give yourself, most people are chronically dehydrated. You know that as well from training people. People, you, you go, how many drinks have you had today? You go, well, I've had four coffees and mm -hmm. one tea. Right. But what about water? Because coffee, caffeine is a diuretic. Mm -hmm. So most people are chronically dehydrated and wonder why they're not performing how they should. So it's, mm -hmm. you look at diet, um, the amount of hydration that they've got, the amount of movement that they do, which is why like pedometers are really good because just moving, walking, getting up, instead of sending an email to someone that's in the office down the end, get up, get moving and go and see them face to face because yes, you may want that paper trail, but it's so much better if you can throw ideas off each other and then go, okay, I believe I've got it. And it's also a way to clarify that you're both on the same page because we could have a conversation. You interpret it one way. I interpret it some way completely different. Mm -hmm. So then in order to keep a paper trail, I'll go back to, to my office and send an email and go, just making sure this is what we were speaking about and that you understand it and I understand it. So Very good. That entails everything recovery as well as a big part yeah so i mean you know i've heard you mention this too uh, uh several times it seems like you are not only an advocate for overall wellness because you know how healthy you are is obviously going to make a big difference in your productivity your profitability uh just everything that you're doing the morale of your company uh therefore your culture uh different things such as that uh, but I, I like how you keep on referring to the Pomodoro. Do you say Pomodoro? How do you say Pomodoro? It? Yeah. Pomodoro method, where you're you're hyper vigilant, you're hyper focused on one thing uh, for a certain given period of time. Because uh, I've heard this say, if you think you're good at multitasking, you're not really being good at anything, yes. right? You know, so oh, definitely, yeah. Get focused on that one thing, and then yep. you know, do really well at that for a period of time. Then allow yourself to to kind of give that little rest cycle or that movement cycle. Uh, yeah. Really good. You're, you have this course, this uh, course, Three Pillars to High Performance. It, it seems like you have a lot of great information to share. Uh, you're already sharing it. Thank you for being so generous with our audience. Uh, but and when it comes to this course, uh, can you, you know, kind of give us the, uh, the info on that? You know, what would people expect from taking the course? What would they learn or, or what would it be about? Yeah, so what, what it's all about is it's all delivered online because I used to do this course before the first lockdown, the lockdown of the world. So, and doing it face-to-face -face as well, it's only local. So I, I brought together um, some guys and we created a company, Phenom Leap Education. And what we did was we took this course and put it online. So it's an eight-week online course 
where the three pillars are creating your own unique roadmap. Like I was saying before, a lot of people think, or a lot of people don't aim anywhere at all. So they don't have that end goal in mind. But even if you do have your end goal in mind, you have to know where you are. So this, this asks you questions of where are you? So in order to get to here, am I starting from here? Am I starting from here? Am I starting from here? Because mm -hmm. each different location, you're going to go in a different direction to start off with. So mm -hmm. it's yeah, the first part is creating your own unique roadmap. And that also entails how long is it going to take to get from here to here? Is it a six month, a 12 month, a three year, five year project? Like you had to figure out with the Wing Chun. Yeah, 100%. Right. And, and that's where with the whole martial arts system as well, it breaks it down for you. Like people don't realize it. It breaks it down for you in bite-sized chunks because you don't go white belt, black belt. You go white belt, blue, white, blue, blue, brown, 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 black black so each step along the way you're getting better at the sport you you're becoming more of the wing chun athlete same as with jiu-jitsu you have white blue and you have all the stripes in between and it's just breaking it down like with goals it's too much to think that you're going to get to here from here but if you get to there and then there and then you get it creates a steps it creates that ladder for you to climb and giving you an idea of how long it's going to take. Is it two years? In jiu-jitsu, it's a lot slower because there's so much more um, movements to go. Like if someone has an underhook compared to an overhook, your game is completely different. So there's a lot of little nuances in the ground fighting, same as in submission wrestling. Uh, so I like, it breaks it down. I like your course the way that, you know, you mentioned it like a roadmap. But it sounds like ultimately what we're doing in the beginning, and this reminds me a little bit of Brendan Bouchard, uh, when he gave the six uh, habits of high performers, he said, you know, the first thing that you have to do is, I think this was habit number one, you have to seek clarity. And so it seems like, you know, you're asking people in your course, because maybe there's some people listening right now. And it's like, well, I want to know what the pillars are to high performance. I want to be a high performer. Yeah. Uh, but step one, what you're saying is in the course, you know, we're, we're going to help you to get clear on you know what it is that that thing that you're after where you want to go where you want to perform well at or in right that kind of thing yeah 100 percent. and also once you create your roadmap as well if you're going along the along the way towards a goal and you intentionally want to go off like you might have something where you put that on hold for a little bit go there and then come back and then go back on it so the roadmap is that first pillar so it also like i said it gives you a timeline it allows you to look at people that have been there and done that. And you're looking for where they've fallen down. So obstacles that may come along the way. And that leads into the second pillar, which is following the footpath. We don't have to reinvent the wheel. The wheel has been reinvented. Whatever you want to do, someone's done what, you're, what you want to do, or they've done something very similar. Mm -hmm. So it's, like Bruce Lee's great philosophy, you know, take what works, discard what doesn't. Mm -hmm. So you want to see people that are successful at where you want to be, not where you are, because you're already successful at where you are. You mm -hmm. want to get up here, see people, and the more you can study them, the more you can 
see the little the little micro habits that they do not the big things necessarily but the little things lead to the big things mm-hmm. and then you you practice what they're doing if it's basketball do do you shoot like that or do you get your elbow pointing towards a basket what and you might look at steph curry how does he shoot his three pointers so accurately how much training does he do how like does he have to hit 200 shots before he moves on or does he just do shoot one and get and go hey i'm brilliant what does he do in the weight weight room what does he do for his nutrition what does he do for his recovery same as in business with online courses i'm not the first person to do that but it's seeing who's done it and who's done it successfully what did they do what marketing did did they do to get their message out there and then the more you research them the closer the closer you can get to it and you take what works and you discard what doesn't yeah, you know, I like what you're saying here. It sounds like pillar number two, as I kind of summarize it in my mind, is that we can't get to the next level with the same level of thinking that got us here, right? So you have yeah. to, you know, too often, you know, people are just asking, you know, hey, how do I get there? And I'm not sure that that's the right question, because the question is really like, who do I need to be to get there, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like, you know, who do I need to become to go to that next level, right? And it might mean, you know, changing your thinking, it might mean, opening yourself to new ideas. It might mean what you were describing earlier, becoming a, a more healthier person all around so that you can have that physicality, that, that, uh, that energy to get to that next level, you know? So that's really good. So pillar number one sounds to me a bit like, you know, I'm going to get really clear on what it is I want. Uh, pillar number two, I'm, I'm going to learn to see how people are accomplishing what I want to accomplish so that I can become the next level type of person that can accomplish that thing. Right. You know, am, yeah. am I getting it right? Oh, hundred percent. And like you say, you have to change your thinking. You have to change your mentality of, you know, the fixed mindset versus growth mindset and people that are in the fixed mindset, you can change. You can get like, I like to point people in the right direction. It's not for me to tell them, because when you tell people something, they put up a roadblock. But if you give them information and they go read about the possibility of the growth mindset, then hopefully that will open their mind up. And if you ask them the right questions, a lot of times it's really asking people, like in coaching, asking people the right questions to get them to think about it from a different angle. So then they can go across to the growth mindset and go, what? like it just becomes the world opens up mm-hmm. and yeah. then the third pillar is the five steps towards improved vitality that I mentioned before that snap, nap, tap, clap, recap. Because if you have these other pillars and yet you're oh, a little bit down, a little bit out, you're not going to have the energy and drive to go forward. And that's mm-hmm. like, normally when I do these as well, I'm outside. It's just, you know, there was, it was too windy today to be outdoors, but I, a big thing as well is, Emotion is led by emotion. So the posture, the way that you sit, the way that you stand affects the way that your mind is, which affects your performance. So if you're slumpy, your performance is slumpy. But even sitting, I, I like to, yeah. Yeah, you make me want to sit a little taller right now. I'm already straightening up. Yes. It, it is, and it's funny when, because this is part of what I talk about when I go to corporates. I talk specifically about the five steps. I talk about that. And you see everyone in their seats go, Mm-hmm. Yes, and of you can course. feel everything lift um, from that as well. 
And with the course as well, we don't stop at the three pillars. There's a few supporting structures as well. And the first one is no excuses. We all have excuses. I don't have time. I'm too old. I'm too young. I don't know this person. I don't know that person. But it's about reframing excuses. You don't have time. What I do is I get people to write a weekly diary just for one week. Every day, write down what you do for every half an hour and tell me that you don't have time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so a time journal. So yeah. important. You know, that's the toughest thing about, you know, for us as trainers, you know, my, uh, my background is as a trainer. I still like to coach people today. Uh, however, you know, the toughest thing to get people to do is food journal, you know, 80% of the results come from nutrition, but everybody wants to work out to get like the results <laughs> and people want to tell you that they don't have time. But when in truth, they, if they were to analyze their time, I think the average person spends two to three hours a day on social media. Uh, the, uh, also the average person does, uh, several hours a day of TV watching. And so it's like, well, I don't have time. Well, well wait a second. Somehow you found time for six hours. Yeah. If you put a little tracker on your phone, it would tell you that you've been on social media for three hours, but you don't have time for a 20 minute workout. You know I mean? Like, wait a second. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah it comes down to priorities because I was told that there is a way you can go into settings and you can see how much time you spend on social media. Mm -hmm. And it's funny if you ask a lot of people, they're too scared to do that. Because yeah. like you say, they do a stupid amount every day on social media when if they were to, like you mentioned before, that you're an, you're an avid reader. Mm -hmm. Like I, if they read something that's going to help them move forward, if they go and do that training that's helping them going to move forward, if they do or do an online course, a self-education to help move them forward. If they don't have time, their priorities are all skewed up. Yeah. Yeah. Really good. Really good. Okay. So you said other supporting structures. One supporting structure is no excuses. No excuses. Yeah. Building up your confidence. Because I I can have the best, the best course, which I believe the three pillars, of course, is the best course. I put my heart and soul into it. Imagine if I was to come across you and go, you know, I've, I've got this fantastic course. I, I think you're going to get benefit from it. Like if I don't back myself, how can I expect anyone else to, to do it for me? Yeah. So you need to have that confidence. And a lot of it is because I like doing this um, meditation as well, where people go, I don't know what to do. I don't have the confidence. You go, what would the man or woman in the distance do? So you, it goes into like a guided meditation of you think about you're, you're sitting on a, on a bench at a, at a river. You can feel the breeze. And over there, you see someone that's where you want to be. You see someone that's being successful. And, and I, I go through it for, you know, a few minutes, getting them into the right mindset. And it's them. Mm -hmm. So then you have a conversation with them and you go, what did you do? So it's not you. So it's ask a question. If you don't know what to do, what would you do? Yeah, it's like like getting connected to your higher self, right? Yes, very much. Yeah. so. Very and cool. it's funny. A lot of times, like with with me as well, with with this course, it was okay. How do I do it? And then I did it. And like the myself talking back to me said, "Do it. Just do it." Because, and that that comes into the last supporting structure, which is execution. Because mm. you know you can have all of these tools of the trade, you can have all of this knowledge here, but if you don't execute, 
Mm-hmm. Then it's like it's like having a gun and you're aiming it at that at that target, and yet you never pull the trigger. Yeah. Because right. I'm, I'm doing a video about that at the moment where you've never hit any target that you've never thrown at. Wow, really like good. You, you could be someone that's blind, but if you're throwing it, and someone might turn you a little bit, throw it, and they'll go a little bit harder, a little bit higher. Eventually, they're going to hit the target, but you can have all the skills and yet and see the target beautifully, but if you never throw it, yeah. you never get, you're guaranteed not to hit. It's like the three frogs on a log uh, type of story, right? They were all talking about jumping in. One decided to jump in, you know, uh, one was thinking about it. One was talking about it, you know, who jumped in? <laughs> Nobody, because, you know, even the one that decided still had to jump, right? You know, so just very oh, 100%. You know? yeah. yeah. So, uh, all right. So now I'm sure that everybody's interested. And by the way, uh, in the little time that I've known you, I know that there is no way that you would, put out anything less than an excellent product. So uh, for the people that become interested in this course, uh, you know, where would they go to find out more? Yeah, so what, what they can do is they can go to our website, which is Phenomleap, P-H-E-N-O-M-L-E-A-P.com.au. Mm-hmm. And they can find out there. And like I said, I spoke to my team earlier today and they said that for, for your listeners, we can... We're going to give them twenty percent off uh, for the next for the next week. So okay. once for for that seven days only, because we thought about doing it for longer, but then people constantly put it off. They have those excuses: I don't have time, I don't have this, I don't have that. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you put it into a constricted time, well, then they're going to either going to do it or they're going to give up. So that's twenty percent off. Okay, so, so say, that, say that website one more time, if you would. Phenom Leap, uh-huh. P-H-E-N-O-M. Like, it's a fin- like. Ah, okay, I see it. It's, yeah, if you guys watch the video, it's right there on the shirt. Phenom Leap, P-H-E-N-O-M-L-E-A-P. Just like you're taking the leap. Take the leap. All right, there you go. Because that's exactly what is .com.au. Because, and the reason we came up with that name is you don't walk into a phenomenal lifestyle. You don't even run into it, but you have to take that leap. Mm-hmm. It's like taking that leap of faith. Steve Harvey says it best when, you know, you have to jump off that cliff if you're going to soar. Okay. Originally, yes, you're going to go down. It's like if any of you guys have ever been hang gliding, you run off the cliff and then you go down first. But that's just giving you momentum in order to pick up and soar. Yes, yes. My wife and I did some paragliding off the cliffs of La Jolla not too long ago. Um, and yeah, it was just like that. Uh, so uh, if people want to follow you, David, if they want to you know, get more of you or just hear some of your inspiration, are there any social media links or, or channels or whatever that you'd like to share? Yeah, for sure. Um, on YouTube, again, it's Phenom Lee. So you mm-hmm. just search in the Google bar and you'll see uh, it's a silhouette of me leaping across, which we actually took at the Blue Mountains in Sydney, Australia, jumping across. It, were, it wasn't a massive cliff, but it was big enough and it was a long way down. So it's that that's the um, logo of it. Also on LinkedIn, just search for David Lindsay. That's where I do a lot of my stuff for this is mostly just YouTube and LinkedIn. Okay. And yeah, like I said, it's normally our course is $199, but for your listeners, for the week only, 
they're going to get 20% off. So that's $159.20. And the code is, well, I'm sure you put it in um, somewhere underneath, but it's PL for Phenom Leap and then mm -hmm. Overcomers. Okay. All right. So PL Overcomers, that's how you get your 20% off. And to be honest, David, I mean, this sounds like a life-changing course. I thought you were going to say it was like $1,000. So, uh, you know, I mean, this is something that's very affordable uh, for people to do if they're looking to go to that next level and, and get the kind of guidance that and get the kind of coaching that gets you there. So uh, thank you, David, for everything that you shared with our audience today. Any any My final pleasure. words for our listeners? Yeah, and a, a big thing you said then is, like, because we, we have put our heart and soul into it. And I know with courses that I've done where they've been, 5,000, 10,000, whatever, like super expensive. And that is a barrier. So that's why we decided to go low um, so that it's affordable. It's We still put everything into it, a lot of value into it. Um, and feel free as well, if you do the course, if your listeners and viewers do the course, to email me. And if they have any questions, me and my team, we're, we're open to help people to take their, their life to that level. That's so awesome. ordinary is just, we don't accept that from ourselves, and we want to give everyone the opportunity to raise their standards. That's awesome. That's awesome. Go live a phenomenal life, overcomers. There it is. Thank yeah, you, David, for being on the show. Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Overcomers Podcast sponsored by Journey 333. When I am not hosting the Overcomers Podcast, I am working at one of our fitness franchises, so that I can continue to help people overcome adversity on a daily basis. That's right, people come to the Journey 333 fitness franchises because they want a coach in their life. They want somebody to help them overcome the adversities of life, motivate them to higher levels of greatness, bring out their potential, help them lose weight, get off medications, fight depression, fight anxiety. That's what we do on a regular basis. If you feel like you want your life to be about helping more people to overcome their adversities, if you feel like you're an overcomer and you want to create more overcomers, then maybe owning a Journey 333 franchise would be for you. To find out more, go to www.journeyfitness333.com.